You know what that means? Do you? We're underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Big Dog Sports Talk Power Hour. And we hope you're well wherever you might be here on this Wednesday. It'll be warmer and sunny today, which is good news as we get toward the end of March, headed into April. Garrett Kelly joins us coming up in about half an hour. We'll talk all things hoops coming up. But as is always the case here on this Wednesday, it's time now for Bill Roth and the Roth Report here on BDST. From the talk of the New River Valley, WRAD, it's time for The Roth Report, presented by the University Club of Virginia Tech, Blacksburg's premier private club and event venue. Now, along with Virginia Sports Hall of Famer and current ESPN broadcaster, Bill Roth, here's Rick Watson. Good morning, William. How are you, my friend? Yeah, we're good. Everybody's good here. I hope you are. I hope you had a good week. I am so excited about the Final Four. Yeah, um, me too. Me too. Um, the Duke-Carolina game, all the storylines around it. It was, in a way, you know, disappointing to see St. Peter's end. Yeah, I know. You know, I know. that was the highest-rated game in the tournament on TV thus far, even though it wasn't even a close game. Very cool. St. Peter's game. Very cool. And rightfully so. What a great story. Carolina. What a great story. It can happen, yeah. And how about that Connecticut-NC State women's game? Yeah. That might be, uh, uh, among the two tournaments, the best game we've seen so far. It was, but I kept thinking about you um, and the criticism that came after. Why is the number one seed playing basically on UConn's home floor again, right? And we talked about this and the way the tournament is seeded in the first couple of rounds, and it showed up again. UConn's been heavily protected for years, and boy, it showed up. There were 10,000 UConn fans there. I read some coaches, some women's coaches, talking about the fact that it's still good for the sport to have a packed arena that – that, you know, even in the NFL, teams have to play road playoff games. Now, the higher seed usually has the home game, which was not the case in this NC State situation, quite obviously. Um, well, But while they'll agree that it gives the home team an advantage, it's still better than playing in a empty arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I can certainly see their side to it. Uh, but, you know, there were some men's games in the first round that were played in empty arenas. Yeah, right. The very, if you recall, the very first game, the noon game. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it was pretty sterile. Yeah, it was, it was, because two teams, people are like, okay, okay, we'll go watch, but necessarily we're involved in. Yeah, fan bases didn't make it there. Yeah. Well, how's it going to go, UNC and Duke? What do you think? Uh, you know, I watched both teams play the Hokies in New York two weeks ago, and there was no way either Duke or Carolina was going to make the Final Four. Right, <laughs> right. right. Uh, the it goes to show you where it's a different tournament. The the ACC tournament was one thing. The NCAA was totally new tournament, new venues, new sites. And for Duke putting Jeremy Roach into the starting lineup, it's a completely different team. Completely different team. I mean, it goes to show you the depth of the talent and high-level talent that Coach K has. And, you know, back in the beginning of the season, we watched them. They don't play good enough defense to make a run. I think we talked about it on this show. Duke mm-hmm. doesn't defend consistently enough. They give up runs. 
They're they're not focused on the defensive side of the ball. When they have the ball, they're great. But when the other team has the ball, they're not elite. Well, that's changed, and and, and Roach has been a difference maker. I don't know. You know, the game on in uh, about a month ago. Remember the game in? It was Coach K's final home. Yeah, game. Carolina right. went in there and got him pretty good, and Baycott just dominated, and he's been a double double machine. And I think he'll he'll continue to play well. But I think. At the end of the day, Duke gets this game. They're not go- Coach K is not going to lose his last game ever to North Carolina. Not the way Duke is playing. Not the way Duke is guarding. And not the way uh, Roach is, is playing right now. Well, and, how- and, and Mark Williams yeah, he's has been, been huge. really, yeah. really good. And, 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 you know, Moore and Griffin. I mean, they have such great – Duke has like seven guys that could be the best player on everyone else's team. <laughs> That's right. That's so, right. Just remember that. Just remember that. Like, Duke, at any given moment, Mark Williams could go and get thirty. So, how about the other side of the game that won't get a lot of attention? Unfortunately, Kansas, the number one seed, the only number one seed to make it. Villanova now with a huge injury, they're having to deal with two great coaches. And uh, who, who do you think makes it to Monday out of that game? You know, I love Villanova. I love the fact that they've got this, you know, older team that's been around they've got 23 year old guys and if the injury you're talking about is justin moore yeah if he was playing i think i'd give the edge to nova i do too agreed yes i would i would have picked villanova with him healthy yes jermaine samuels is playing great and uh, you know gillespie colin gillespie's been the big east player of the year two years in a row (laughs) he's a you know, we, we're, the Hokies aren't in the ACC. Uh, I'm sorry, in the Big East anymore. And so, you know, we don't talk a lot of Big East basketball around here or on our show. But, you know, Colin Gillespie's up there among the greatest players ever. Mm-hmm. But, but this is a really good Kansas team. And you saw in the Miami game when they turn it on, they can be just, uh, just incredible. And so, I think it's going to be Duke and Kansas on Monday night. Duke and Kansas on Monday. I think a lot of people. Are, yeah, I think a lot of people are leaning that way. I'm going to stick with Carolina. I've liked the way they played. I, I right. thought I thought that they were the best team going in the ACC tournament. Then Tech said, "Well, hang on, we we got something to say about that." But I'm going to go with Carolina uh, and Carolina and Kansas. And then Roy Williams is going to be sitting there wearing the half sweater. One one of Kansas, one of Carolina. <laughs> yeah, and I think it goes down to guys. I mean, guys that weren't even. I mean, Remy Martin's still not starting. Yeah, I mean, the championship game Monday night could be because of guys who were their sixth man. Absolutely, absolutely. In, in Roach and Remy Martin, but we'll see. It's great. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited about it. It's. Uh, you know, I heard heard you talking about the NIL and stuff before. Yeah. Even if these guys are making a lot of money, it's still going to be Duke, Carolina, Kansas, Villanova. This year, next year, the following year, and it's something special. Yeah, it is. What, what's your take on uh, the ACC and the reprieve they've had in the tournament? Obviously, the league wasn't that great during the regular season, but they've shown with the right matchups. They went further than you know the Big Ten, who had nine teams in. For well, you can do anything with numbers, right? Yes, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's I mean, right. I think the fa- what's happening here is a little fool's gold because Duke and Carolina peaked at the right time, and Miami always was a tough out for a lot of people. Um, but you know, Miami's run could have been Virginia Tech's run. I mean, we saw during the regular season uh, over the course of so many head-to-head games. And when we say the ACC was down, we mean by ACC standards. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily it's down compared to other leagues. Right, right. But compared to what the ACC's standards were. Yeah, ACC's had a great month of March. And if that's all you're going to go with, if that's the yardstick we're going to use, well, if November, December, January, and February don't count, that's news to a lot of coaches. Mm, that's right. <laughs> Uh, no, it does count, but clearly this counts more, right? This is the final exam, and if you ace the final, you get a good grade. 
Well, it's going to be a terrific Final Four. It's been a great tournament on both sides, the men and the women. And uh, before we head to the break, uh, I want to talk to you about the uh, the NFL rule got tweaked in the playoffs, where now each team's going to have possession. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Love it. You know, if everyone recalls the public outcry, particularly among Bills fans after the Kansas City Buffalo overtime. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so now in the, in the playoffs, everybody's going to get the ball once. Each team is guaranteed a possession. And I think that's a really, really good move. The uh, regular season rules won't change. No, no. First possession to win, if it's a touchdown, that stays. But, you know, in, in the playoffs, in the last 12 overtime NFL playoff games, the team that won the toss, 10 of the 12 won the game. Right. They won the toss, came down, scored ball game. Game's over, yeah. Shouldn't be that way in the postseason. I agree. What do you think of college overtime? Do you think it'll adapt something like this, or is it going to stay the same? At least in college, they've uh, each team does get the ball. That's they've right. They've taken special teams out of it. Everybody mm-hmm. gets the ball on the 20. By special teams, they don't mean kicking. Right. Obviously, kicking is still a part of it, the field goal kicker. But punting and punt return and a lot of the strategy of the game. I'm going to go back to something that I really wish we would have touched on last week, talking about Major League Baseball is going to use the ghost runner. Yeah. Are you ready for this? I am. I'm not opposed to ties. Like it used to be, right? Yeah. Yeah, the old tie. You had to rally sometimes for a tie. It's okay. I, um, if, if the game ends in a tie, we have ties in the NFL. That's right. Why can't we have ties in college football? Mm-hmm. I, I would – and if the, if the baseball game goes to the 14th inning, like, you know, in spring training they have ties also, Rick. They do. They end like it. Right now, if the if – Major League Baseball teams playing today throughout Arizona, throughout Florida. Mm-hmm. And they say, all right, we want to get these three pitchers some innings today. And we're taking our team to Prescott, Arizona. We're taking our team to Fort Myers. And, and these are our three pitchers, but they're only going three innings each. We're not bringing a pitcher for the 10th. Right. And so today you might see them. And the Minnesota Twins tied the Pirates 3-3. That's right. That's right. It's entertainment for the fans. You save arms. Especially in college, I don't understand why we don't have ties in college football anymore. I mean, I do understand why, right? But right. I think it's better than a silly uh, overtime rule that that um, sometimes you get these crazy scores and we keep tweaking it. Now you got to go for the two point conversion on the third possession. I'd I'd almost rather just say, oh, it was a heck of a game ended in a thirty one thirty one tie. Mm-hmm. Not we won the game sixty five sixty three eight overtime. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It is Bill Roth and the Roth Report here on the program, brought to you by the University Club of Virginia Tech. We'll take a break. We will come back, and we'll get the SMA update. Lots of things going on here on a Wednesday with Bill Roth. Stay with us. Also, we're going to have Bill's Baker Team Game of the Week. I have a hunch I know what that may be. And the NRV Heart Clinic Top 3. We'll be back with Bill. Don't go away. Louise Baker, the Louise Baker team with Long and Foster Realtors. Hire an experienced real estate agent to help you navigate the world of selling your property. From pre-marketing fix-up, the listing paperwork, showings, negotiations, to all the details of closing, let the agent guide you with each step. Hire a professional. Louise Baker, Long and Foster Realtors. Contact us at nrvhomeswithans.com. 
First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg and has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Zoe's Kitchen, Bull and Bones, Avellino's, and El Rodeo. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. Visit First in Maine today. The official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics. Hey, Hokie fans and alums, have you ever wanted to throw an event or dine with friends with Lane Stadium as your backdrop? Well, now you can. University Club of Virginia Tech is now offering memberships with the complete club experience. You'll have member access to dine during the week, a quiet place to work, an incredible venue to host private events, and most importantly, a setting that fosters community and relationships. For more information, go to universityclubofvt.com. That's universityclubofvt.com. It was a normal day. From the classroom to the studio to the stadium, it's time to catch up on the latest from Virginia Tech Sports Media and Analytics Program. Today's SMA update is brought to you by First in Maine, Blacksburg's premier destination to eat, drink, shop, and play. And we welcome you back. EDST on this Wednesday. It's Bill Roth and the Roth Report brought to you by the University Club of Virginia Tech, as we check on what's going on with the SMA group. We've got a really cool uh, video that I show this week where we show a press conference where uh, Russ Westbrook interrupts a reporter who's asking one of Westbrook's teammates a question. Uh, And the reporter keeps asking. It's a very fair question. And Russ is trying to be a team captain. And then we discuss it as a class. And then we show Stephen A. Smith's response to the exchange, which was very heated. It was after a playoff game a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And Stephen A. Smith sticks up for the reporter. I thought it was it's, it's a really interesting thing on what's fair after a game. You know, in the pros, it's a little bit different what you ask a, a player or coach than in college. It's a little bit different. Maybe not as different as it was 10 years ago. Right. But in terms of, of what's fair game after, you know, after a game and, and how soon you can ask the question, whatever the question happens to be. Um I think in the in, in college, kind of the, the coaches and, and a moderator can kind of control a press conference. That doesn't necessarily happen in, in the NBA. In the association, right, as they call in it. In the association, you know, right. You can go right at it. Question number one, boom, are you coming back? Boom, did you, leave your, did you let your teammates down with that performance? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go right at it. Yeah. And, and, and so we, we watch some of that. And what's fair and what's a bait, a, you know, a, a baiting the, the, the person. We don't want that. We want a, a fair question. Uh, we watch it, and then Stephen A. Smith weighs in on it. So it's a fun class. What is your take? I wanted to ask you if you've gone over with your class. What do you like? Do you like these new um, coaches, head coaches' interviews they come back with when they're standing outside the hall? I thought Coach K was great the other day in the first timeout in the regional final game. Uh, he he said we have to do two things, and he went through it like it was almost like it was a rehearsal for his huddle for the huddle, right? So I thought it was really good. Uh, not all of them are good. None of them. It's. I mean, we've seen the 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 Greg Popovich uh, blowing up reporters, mm-hmm. right? Yes. <laughs> Spurs are down six. What do you have to do? Play better defense. <laughs> now leave else? me alone. No, that's Coach Pop, right? I mean, uh, but I mean, he's probably right. He probably gets in the huddle and goes, "Guys, play better defense." <laughs> now go do it. Yeah, right. Now go out right. there and do it. Yeah. <laughs> No, nah, you know, 
he's not going to say on the air, you know, we're going to switch this and this guy's guarding that guy. But I mean, it's just funny. I like it. If it's, if the coach gives you, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a random. Sometimes it's good. I thought, I thought Krzyzewski was really good with it. All right. Now time now for the Baker team game of the week. Uh, yes. I have a sense where you might go on this, but who oh knows? God. Yeah. Hubert Davis, <laughs> Coach K, Carolina, Duke, Duke, Carolina. First time ever in the NCAA tournament. Right. If Carolina wins, Hubert takes his first ever team to the championship game <clears throat> and sends Coach K out in his final game ever as coach of the loss, just one step away from the the <laughs> national championship. Holy smokes. Immediate legend. <laughs> yeah, I love the way that was very I loved his post game of the day. That was very emotional when the team got in behind him and he just burst into tears. I love those moments. That was it was really great. Good. It was great. And um yeah, I mean the Duke Carolina game, you know, it's funny, our our buddy Wes Durham tweeted that this has happened before. Uh, Louisville played Kentucky in the national semifinals mm-hmm. and um, in the final four. And a lot of folks said Louisville-Kentucky is nothing on Duke-Carolina. This is the greatest rivalry in college basketball today for sure. And it'll do great in the ratings as well on Saturday. Oh, it's going to. How can't... about when Villanova-Kansas is the first game? <laughs> yeah. You know the second game must be really good. Yeah, that's true. They get the six thirty time slot, Villanova and Kansas, right? It reminds me. So there's this joke, right? The Pope's in New York. The Pope's in New York, and and, and he's in the back seat of a, of a Tahoe, and he's driving around, and he tells the driver, "Let me drive." And the driver says, "Oh, Pontiff, I can't, I can't let that happen." Mm-hmm. No, and the Pope says. I never get to drive in, in Vatican City. I never get to drive. <laughs> says, this is a beautiful Tahoe. I want right. to drive it. Oh, sir, no, we can't. Please let me drive the car. So the driver gets out. The Pope sits in the front seat and starts driving, right, through Manhattan, this big black Tahoe. Mm-hmm. And uh, runs a red light, gets pulled over. <laughs> police officer, New York police officer comes up and that taps on the window and it rolls down. So you ran a red light, license and registration, and then he sees who it is. Uh, and the police officer goes back to his car, and he radios into headquarters and says, we got a problem here. What happened? Uh, Black Tahoe VIP ran a red light. Give him a ticket. I don't think so. Why not? And the police officer says, well, <laughs> I don't know who's in the back of that Tahoe, but whoever it is, the Pope's driving it. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, come on. It's not that bad. Yeah, not that bad. Not that bad. But anyway, that's that, that's how kind of like this KU Villanova first game. Yeah, all right, exactly. All right, all right. I don't know where it's headed, but it's time now for the uh, New River Valley Heart Clinic Bills Top Three. Three, two, one. Are you ready for today's countdown? It's time for Bills Top Three, presented by New River Valley Heart Clinic in Radford. All right. I'm in the dark here. So where are we headed with your This is good. Three? We're doing the, the, the most watched NCAA national championship games ever. Ooh, cool. The top three. Because it'll show us, no matter who plays on Monday night, it won't come close to the top three in television ratings. Okay. Number three is 1992. The Duke-Michigan game got a 22-7 rating. Now, that was a, a Michigan team that had Chris Weber and Jawan Howard. Mm-hmm. And, Remember that team? Yes. Yes, I do. Jimmy King, Jalen Rose, and oh, Duke man. had. I'm looking at the box score. This was Duke's starting lineup. Grant Hill, Bobby Hurley, Christian Leitner, Thomas Hill, and Antonio Lang. <laughs> no good players in that game. <laughs> okay. Yeah, five of them. Duke won 
That was the third highest rated national championship game ever. 1992. Third, okay. Third. Number two. Did even better. Did a 23.3 national rating. 1985, Georgetown Villanova. Mm -hmm. This was the game Pat Ewing and the Hoyas play Raleigh Massimino and Villanova, and the Wildcats pulled the big upset. It was a big East. Uh, St. John's made that Final Four, too, right? Three of the Final Four teams. Three of the Final Four, that's right. In 85. Um, But Villanova, which had come out of nowhere even to make the tournament, ends up winning it, and they beat the mighty Hoyas. Got a 23.3 in 1985. The Jensen kid's still making threes. <laughs> but that's not number one. The most watched, highest rated NCAA national championship game ever. Do you know? I would guess, and I'm probably wrong, I would go 79. I'd go Magic and Berg. Correct. Is that right? Look All right. You. 1979, <laughs> Michigan State, Indiana State. Michigan State with its exciting 6'9 point guard, Irvin Johnson. Yes. Indiana State with its lanky, gangly, <laughs> awkward looking, awkward looking white dude from nowhere, Indiana, right? And it captivated the nation. And then, and then what happened, as we know now, that game and those two dudes kind of saved the NBA. Mm hmm. Remember, no one was watching the NBA. No, not at so all. So the Magic Johnson Larry Bird thing immediately went Lakers Celtics. Imagine if, the, if 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 Magic and Bird had been picked by teams other than the Lakers and the Celtics. Yeah, that's right. If yeah. they had played in you know, I don't know San Antonio and Detroit, De- Detroit, it, yeah, it, it would have had the impact. <laughs> but the fact that it was the Lakers Celtics, so then the best rivalry in the NBA became Lakers Celtics, and it. And it, it but it launched in March of 79. That's right. Brought the game that, back. That, that game did a 24.1. And if you go back, I'm looking at it right now. Not, nothing in the last 25 years comes close to any of those games. Like, I'm, I'm going back, like, even the 75 UCLA-Kentucky game. Mm-hmm. Which uh, the 86 Louisville-Duke game. I mean, you got to go back to the 80s and the 70s to get television ratings for the Final Four, for the championship game like that. So, But I do think Monday night it will do well regardless of who plays in it. It's going to be an ACC team going for the national championship. We know that. Yeah, the number is going to be huge. It will be. All right, great stuff. I like that. I'd like to see 1979 is hanging on. (laughs) That's good. No three-point shot. (laughs) That's right. No three-point shot, right? Mm -hmm. No shot clock. Good stuff. Good stuff. Back then. Back then. And we didn't have – what's the the AT&T girl? It comes on every six minutes. Oh, Lily! Yeah, she's on every. Yeah, she's on every six minutes. The lovely Lily. <laughs> Lily didn't make it either. No, she did not. <laughs> uh, well, enjoy your final four. I know you will. You too, buddy boy. <laughs> All right, Have brother. Take care. There you go. That's Bill Roth and the Roth Report. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More coming up. Garrett Kelly scheduled to join us when we return here on BDS Two. 